My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Ali Siegel, and today we have the amazing host, Gwen Sanabria. Is that how you pronounce it? Sanabria, yes, that's it. Oh my God, I've finally done it. It only took me three You did it, Ali, yes. But I've done it. Uh, Gwen, is there anything you want to tell us about yourself uh, that people should know? Um, Yes, I would love to say my name is Gwen. I love web crawlers and I have two cats. Okay. That's that. What what do they look like? What kind of cats are they? Um, one is a little black kitty, Polly. Oh the other one is a calico. She's a little uh, bitchy, but her name's Sabrina. <laughs> oh my god, I love that! I every night before I go to bed, I look at cats on PetFinder. Fun, really? That's right, on Paul. <laughs> yeah, I uh, have two dogs, so I don't think I can have cats because I leave the back door open for them to go in the backyard all the time, and like I know that I can't do that with cats, but. In my dream life, I will have cats. Once my dogs, God forbid, die, which I know oh, might happen. What do you mean, die? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've heard that dogs aren't immortal. My next pet will be a cat. Um, okay. Okay, Gwen, I'm so excited for this episode. It's so interesting and cool. 
I am handing over the reins to your very capable hands. As I say, let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> to start off, I I thought this story came to me in a dream at first. Um, I was like, oh my God, what am I dreaming of? What is this premonition? Oh God, but it yeah. turns out I was just <laughs> falling asleep to a lot of true crime and I was half asleep when this was playing on. So after months and months of soul searching and also researching, I finally found it. That's so funny. You're like, oh my God, I'm psychic. Like what's going to happen in the future? <laughs> what do I need to stop? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And then you're like, oh wait, this is actually a true episode. <laughs> okay. So let me paint the scene. The setting is Nebraska. The year is 2012. Obama is president. The Lorax is released in theaters. <laughs> and panties are in all-time danger because 35-year-old Dave Krupa is out on the prowl again after recently ending a long-term relationship. Oh, my God. Dave, who you will soon learn is the most charismatic fuck dude in existence, <laughs> was ready to dive into the no-strings-attached casual dating scene. This is something that the 35-year-old mechanic was reportedly upfront about with any potential honeys he had. This is the best so, writing I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> A few months into the dating scene, Dave met 37-year-old Kari Farber in a chance encounter when she brings in her car for repair. Though there was chemistry, nothing came with the encounter until a few days later when the pair reconnected after finding each other on a dating site. I think I heard that it was like plentyoffish.com or something, which I, I don't know if I recommend. That's for, yeah, I think that that's now used mostly like for the older crowd. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, like I think like that's where divorced parents meet their new boyfriends and girlfriends. Oh, oh, boy, this could be an ad for that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, he asked her out on a date to a local Applebee's. I missed her for two for 20s, by the way. If I can love oh, it. Oh, my God. Um, the date ended with her coming back to his place for a hookup. As the night ended, Kari said her goodbyes and began leaving Dave's apartment. As this happens, she passes by another woman who happens to be on her way to Dave's apartment. Mm. So oh I'm not sure what I would do during this moment, aside maybe a finger gun. Yeah. But I don't see anything <laughs> in reports about that. So who can ever be sure what happened? Yeah, like, uh, uh, have fun, I guess. Uh. <laughs> anyways. This other woman was Shauna Golier. Yes, mm. Golier. I don't know why I'm asking you. <laughs> Who went by the middle She's name my Liz? Dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Liz is one of the women that Dave was casually seeing, and she gets stopped by to pick some items that she left at his place. Oh, she, she went by her middle name, Liz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, I I understand. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the entire interaction lasted longer no longer than like 10 seconds. And it was like never brought up again by either woman. So Dave and Kari continued to see each other. And despite wanting to keep things casual, Dave felt so smitten with her that when she was tasked with a big project at work, he offered his place whenever she needed to work late night. So, you know, he was like really digging her a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) whoa. This is an offer Kari could not refuse as she commuted an hour to and from work. Dave's apartment, however, was like right around the corner of her job. Hmm. During this time, she would spend stretches of days at Dave's place. Being a single mother, Kari would ask her mother to look after her son during these days. Hmm. After a seemingly normal morning together, Dave received a strange text from Kari while at work. She wanted to move in together. 
They thought this was hella bonkers as they had previously never, as they had previously discussed that moving in was not an option. Bitches be crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. God, Dave, I, you will learn that I'm not a fan of Dave throughout this whole thing. Well, yeah, he doesn't seem like the greatest guy. (laughs) Dave did not waste any time telling her that he was not interested. This led to a very erratic, angry, and vulgar an entirely different side of Kari that Dave had not seen before. Kari ended her slew of messages with the following. Fine. I hate you. I'm dating someone else. I don't want to see you anymore. Go away. Which I'm sure all of us thought of at some point. But maybe. Oh, I've sent that text like a million times, I think. <laughs> However, this was only the beginning of Carrie's harassment. Ooh. Upon arriving at home that night, Carrie was gone, and Dave was happy to see that he had completely dodged the bullet. It would only be a couple of days before Dave would realize that he had dodged absolutely nothing <laughs> as Carrie <laughs> began blowing up his phone with texts like, I hate you. You've ruined my life. You're a terrible person. He didn't dodge shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, get Dave. Yeah. Um, the strange text did not stop at Dave. Kari's mother, Nancy, began receiving texts from Kari as well. One of the texts informed Nancy that Kari had suddenly decided to take a job in Kansas. This is something that took Nancy entirely by surprise, especially as she had been taking care of her son. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you forgot something. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Carrie also refused to answer any calls from her mother, which was an unusual shift from their daily calls. Um, Nancy reported her missing after she missed a series of important family events, including her half-brother's wedding and her father's funeral, and also, like, picking up her son. Yeah. uh... (laughs) Um, Nancy informed police about Kari's previously diagnosed bipolar disorder and expressed Mm -hmm. concerns about her not taking her medication. Her diagnosis and continuous communication through text prevented the police from taking it seriously, as you know. Unbeknownst to Nancy, Dave continued to receive a harassing text from Kari, mainly aimed at his other relationship with Liz. Meanwhile, Liz was receiving threats directly at her as well. So Kari's been pretty busy, you can see. Yeah. Uh, Ten days after Kari was last seen, Dave gets a distress call from Liz. Her garage had been vandalized and someone had spray painted the words "For from Dave on her wall. Oh my god. Um, I'm actually not sure what this is supposed to be. Like, is it supposed to be signed by Dave or is it like... Yeah. Or like <laughs> Dave's whore? Dave. What? Dave gave birth to her? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> during the investigation, authorities went to question the main link between these two women, Dave. Fortunately for Dave, his irrefutable and thought-out defense of she's crazy and harassing me was enough for the cops to immediately stop looking into him any of further. Course. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Meanwhile, Carrie's mother is entirely unaware of these developments as she resided in Iowa. Carrie continued to keep contact with her through text messages, but still refused to make any calls. Things did not calm down uh, for Dave and Liz either. By this point, Dave had received over 60 texts and 100 emails a day, along with hundreds of phone calls from Carrie. Oh, my Um, God. This was all despite Dave changing numbers multiple times. Stop it. These messages consisted of berating and insulting Liz, sending Dave messages that showed she was stalking him, which included her describing what he was doing and wearing at the exact moment that he received the text messages. So it's like, oh, I see that you're eating spaghetti, Dave. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Months after the harassment began, Dave discovered Kari's car in the nearby parking lot. I think it was reported that it was like a parking lot in his apartment building. Oh, shit. Um, after reporting this, police were able to find one fingerprint inside the car. It did not belong to Kari or anyone else in the FBI's national database. It also did not uh, match Dave's, I believe. Oh. Five months after Kari disappeared, her mother Nancy received a phone call telling her that Kari is in a homeless shelter and is what? requesting to be picked up. To Nancy's dismay, this ultimately ends up being a false lead. This is so awful. Oh, God. Oh. I, that's like, um, false leads are so horrible. What is the point? Yeah, some extra attention. So, oh, especially to the mother. Oh, Yeah, oh, God. Um, around this time, Kari's friend received a message stating that she made a mistake and is ready to go home. However, Kari never provided a location and ultimately stopped communicating with that friend. Mm. So it's just a bunch of people that care about her just getting tossed around, I guess. Yeah. Losing hope, Kari's son sent a message to her on Facebook, to which she immediately replied. Um, he then asked her the following three questions. What is his middle name? What is their first boxer's name? And who was his best friend as a child? What is? What do you mean, what is their first boxer's name? The pet dog boxer. Oh, boxer. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are they in like an underground boxing you know, thing? Yeah. Everyone has a family boxer. <laughs> 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 um, she never responded. Instead, she proceeded to make a Facebook post stating that she had answered enough questions and that she wasn't missing, but simply did not want to come home. Um, Dave and Liz's harassment escalated both receiving thousands of texts and emails. Oh my God. This mutual trauma had an unexpected result. It began to bring them closer together. As time went by, they started to become apathetic to the harassment, and both him and Liz began making light of the threat, going as far as addressing Kari as crazy Kari. Oh, God. I don't know if I would <laughs> yeah. be this lighthearted about this shit. No, like this missing woman? Jeez. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so side note, can I just say that Dave is the least charismatic person I have ever seen in all my life? So for him to become apathetic is just unreal to me. You yeah. need to watch that. Anyone who's listening to this needs to watch interviews of Dave and they will know what I mean. Oh, really? Okay, wait. I'm yeah. Looking, I'm looking at your doc. Did we say his last name? Okay, Dave Krupa. I yeah. just like want to Google image him just so I like I, have a, <laughs> I can imagine what he looks like. Okay, sorry. Continue. Anyways, some of Crazy Kari's antics included sending Dave text messages saying she had Liz and that she would kill her if he did not call Liz to tell her that she is a whore and also making an obituary for Liz. Oh, my God. So um, Dave really did not seem bothered by this at all. <laughs> Even when Kari included a photo of a woman tied up and blindfolded. Um, what the fuck, Dave? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Nine months after Kari was last seen, Dave received a frantic call from Liz saying that her house is burning down. What? Her children were not present during this tragedy. However, their family pets <gasps> all perished in the fire. This included two dogs, a cat, and a snake. Oh, my God. Okay, if this turns out to be Carrie doing this stuff, like, I am not a fan of Carrie. I don't like anyone in this story. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, upon investigation, police concluded that the fire was intentionally set. Naturally, listening to Kari as the number one suspect. Holy shit. 
The fire was not the end for Kari. Two months later, Dave's job was vandalized with the words, Dave beats women. Oh my Funny God. enough, Dave says that this is the moment that he started to trip out uh, and uh, getting paranoid. It wasn't Not the like, fire ablaze. Yeah, the fire that killed all of the pets. Like, what? Or getting photos of a woman tied, tied up, up, apparently. Yeah. Uh, no, this this is Dave's raging Too much, right yeah. So this is when he reportedly tripped out, uh, began getting paranoid, and bought a gun. Somehow Liz's apartment being set ablaze with her beloved pets was not enough, as we said. Well, it wasn't even like, enough for him to stumble. It's because, like, he's such a narcissist that it's like it's the it's something that would tarnish his reputation is what upset him. Not something that like is not something that makes Carrie look crazy. Not something that affects other people. It's it's something that makes like him potentially look look bad. I'm honestly interested in doing a study on Dave. Yes. <laughs> Webcrawlers has a Patreon. To get access to bonus episodes, shoutouts, merchandise discounts, and more, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, if you are a patron, you have the chance to host or guest host your own episode. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out on the podcast. Also, Erios has a hotline, 626-604-6262. Thank you. It's really been popping off, and we've been getting tons of messages so far, and please keep them coming. We will play them at our eventual mailbag episodes. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. At this point, uh, the harassment had been going on for a year. Oh, my 
my God. Dave was still only seeing Liz casually and therefore continued his endless search to find honeys to mack on despite Kari still threatening him and his lovers. What? See, any thoughtful person would be like, hey, maybe I'll stop dating. Because yeah, I'm going to take a break. Woman harassing me and my love interest. But no, 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 no. I take <laughs> a break when like a guy doesn't text me back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You need to just, you know, take a break sometimes. But no, Dave is just like being Dave. His perseverance uh, to disregard the safety of these unsuspecting women just so he could nut is honestly astounding. (laughs) (laughs) You honestly have such a way with words. I'm not going to lie. Thank you, Al. (laughs) (laughs) On one instance, upon adding one of these women to his Facebook, she received threats to herself and her kids. They they hadn't even met yet. He just added her. She immediately received a threat. Imagine being her kid. Yeah. Uh, Another instance involves Dave's old high school friend. As they were talking, he received a text from Curry informing him that she sees him in there with that whore. This was the moment that Dave decided to be a gentleman and inform his old high school friend of his crazy ex-girlfriend. Dave needs to do better. Yeah, seriously, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Dave's ex-girlfriend and mother of his kid, Amy, also began receiving threats from Curry. The case eventually became cold and police stopped looking into it. In 2015, two and a half years after Curry was last seen, different detectives discussed the case and became heavily interested enough to request her files. They soon began seeing the following inconsistencies. One, Carrie's checking account did not have any activity. Two, her text messages did not look like they were written by Curry as they were filled with a bunch of spelling and grammatical errors. And three, her life is going pretty great. Never better. Uh, I think a good tell for me would be if my text messages were not full of grammatical errors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, unbelievably, they did not think that Kari being bipolar had anything to do with her being missing. That's shocking, right? Um, this all led to them ultimately concluding that she was not alive. So who was sending these threats? The event, the investigation was officially reopened. Huh. By this point, Carrie had sent Dave over 15,000 emails over the span of three years. What? <laughs> Digital experts joined the team, which is like, you know, finally. Right, like, isn't yeah. <laughs> why weren't the digital experts there before? Right, Jesus. During the early stages of their initial investigation, um, Liz handed over her phone to detectives and allowed them to download her files for them to go into and the threatening emails that she received from Kari. This is the very beginning. Um, so they went back to those files again and they found some alarming things. One, photos of Carrie's Ford Explorer. The metadata shows that it was taken a month before police ever found it. Oh, shit. Two, Six calls made to Carrie's residences using the good old star six seven method to disguise her number. This was odd considering that Liz claimed that the only interaction that they ever had was passing each other during that one interaction at Dave's apartment. Oh, shit. And three, the photo of the bound woman that Dave received was found on Liz's phone and metadata showed that it was taken with her phone. Shut dun, the dun, dun, fuck dun. up. <laughs> Investigators were now going over the investigation with a new suspect in mind. 
Detectives reached out to Nancy to update her on the ongoing investigation. They asked if she could think of anything that would be helpful, and her mother immediately thought of one very specific memory. Right after Curry disappeared, Nancy got a text from Curry's phone saying that she sold all the furniture from her home and requested she help the buyer get it into her home and assist with removing the furniture. I don't, why would anyone ask their mother to move furniture first of all? Yeah, what? <laughs> Anyways, the text included a photo of a check that the buyer wrote for Kari. It was signed by Shauna Golier, a.k.a. Liz Golier. So, yes, for those of you who guessed it early on, Liz was impersonating Kari this entire time. That is insane. <laughs> this is crazy. The fingerprint left in Kari's car was compared to Liz's, and it was a match. Where is Carrie? <laughs> Upon informing Dave of their suspicions, he did not believe it because, you know, Dave is just doing Dave. Yes. In December of 2015, Liz walked into the county sheriff's office to file a harassment complaint. <laughs> Pretending to not have any idea of the case, lead investigators went into her home to interview her. Liz claimed that she came to a sudden realization that Carrie was not really the one stalking and harassing her. It made more sense that it it was Amy, Dave's ex-girlfriend and mother of his children. You know? Oh, my God. He's like, on second thought, guys, ah, maybe it wasn't her. <laughs> Investigators requested to download her phone's data once again, saying that they needed to go and extract the threatening messages Amy had sent Liz. Um, Liz, completely unaware that they could go through her entire phone and even deleted files, agreed. Detectives were aroused of excitement. They didn't say these words exactly, but I know that the detectives had to be aroused of excitement over this development. Oh, seriously? <laughs> During the investigation, Dave's gun, which he bought for protection from Carrie, had gone missing. What? Do one thing right, Dave. <laughs> Six days after the gun went missing, an urgent call came to the police to report a shooting. <gasps> Liz had been shot in the leg. The assailant was reported to be a female who referenced Dave right before she made Liz get on the ground to shoot her. Uh, Initially, Liz said that she did not see who shot her, but shortly after claimed that she remembered that it was Amy that shot her. Oh my God. Dave finally began to believe the detectives. The investigation led to the following discoveries. One, Liz signed up for 20 or 30 email addresses with variations of Carrie's name, and they could all be directly traced back to Liz. This is something you would do when you're like, what, 15 or something? Yes, when you're just, this is fucking crazy. For like a day. Yes, oh my God. For <laughs> two, Liz used an app that delayed the messages, which she said so that she and Dave would receive messages at the exact same time that they were together. This takes so much effort. I know. It was uh, number three. It was estimated that this whole thing must have taken uh, Gary or Liz, (laughs) actually, about 40 to 50 hours a week to do a full time job of stalking and making it seem like she was being stalked and harassed. She she could have been a PI or something. Like, like, use this for good. Like, girl. Exactly. Break up with him and do something with your life. Yeah, I don't know literally anything else but this. Oh my god. She was brought in for an interview two weeks after she was shot. She was told that Gary's remains had been found and was asked if she knew anyone who who would hurt her. 
As expected, she shifts the blame onto Amy. Oh, my God. Detectives telling Liz that they believe Amy killed Kari requested Liz's help to build a case against Amy. Detectives asked Liz to inform them anytime she got any messages from Amy. Days later, Liz happily complied and provided them a very, very convenient email that she received from Amy stating, I shot you, Liz, to make sure they would stay away from you. I got rid of the gun. Oh, my <laughs> God. How lucky. <laughs> Police said that this was not enough, but they needed more details before they could do anything. Shortly thereafter, she forwards detectives a new email from Amy giving vivid, vivid details about how and why she killed Carrie. It's like, this is Amy. I swear, I promise, <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, detectives escalated things by using Liz's jealousy against her. Mm. They asked Dave and Amy to move in together. Um, shortly after, Liz called detectives bawling about the unfairness of Amy still not being arrested. Oh my god. Detectives said that they need more information to which she complied by forwarding them an email saying, from Amy saying, I really did kill Carrie. I did it in her car. Like, they could check like the met- metadata of these emails and be like, this isn't from Amy, right? Right. So I think they were just trying to trick her so they can get details. So yes, like that she wouldn't give otherwise. Yeah. Um, detectives now knowing what they were looking for went into Carrie's car and found blood under the car seat. Oh Jesus! Um, once tested, it matched it matched Carrie's DNA. This is now officially a homicide operation. Detectives brought Liz in for questioning. This is where detectives inform her inform her of their investigation. A search in Liz's apartment ensued. Detectives were able to find incriminating pieces of evidence that finally allowed police to get a warrant against Liz. These items were Carrie's digital camera and camcorder, which is fucking crazy to me. Yeah, (laughs) On on Carrie's camera, a video was taken two days before Carrie's murder, where she finds out that her car had been vandalized. This is the last video of Carrie. So it was just they found this in Liz's apartment and Carrie's last video was just being like, I can't, someone did this to my car. Oh, and that was fuck. like the last recording of her. Oh my gosh. Um, unfortunately, there were still giant hurdles for detectives. No body, no murder weapon, no absolute proof she died. Shit. Prosecutors wanted to waive the trial due to this. A few months before trial, Dave finally becomes helpful when he recalls a tablet he had in storage. It contained an SD card that Liz had given to him, which she was using around the time of the murder. It seemed a blank, but detectives were able to retrieve thousands of deleted images. Oh, no. <laughs> Upon these images, there was one absolutely shocked. There was one that absolutely shocked detectives. It was a human foot. Oh, fuck. He composed human foot with a tattoo. The tattoo was a Chinese symbol for mother, the same tattoo that Carrie had on her foot. Oh, God. So fast forward to the trial. Liz was reported to have remained unfazed throughout the testimonies. And Liz Golier was ultimately found guilty of a first degree murder. She was sentenced to life in prison. And my my personal favorite hits from the trial would include prosecutors trying to make the case that Dave was so mediocre that he could not possibly be the motive for murder. Here's a direct quote. This guy's a nice guy, but he's not worth a murder. 
Oh my God. That's so funny. Like that's like the biggest diss. Like, Hey, I wouldn't murder anyone about him. I would have been like, damn. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah. And a fun fact is that Leslie Rule wrote a book on this case. She is the daughter of Anne Rule, author of The Stranger Besides Me uh, about Ted Bundy. Oh my so God. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> this should be a movie. This feels like, like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, imagine how crazy it was in my dreams. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, like this would have been the be- the most like interesting dream of all time. Wow, but this is crazy. I I can't believe I have not seen enough or more podcast episodes about it. But I'm like, I need to be the change I want to see in the world. Yes, that's what. Yes, be the ch- <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world is literally about the story of Dave Krupa <laughs> bringing it to the, everyone's attention. Um. Wow, Gwen, this is one of my favorite stories yet. And you need, you had me hooked at, at the years 2012. The Lorax is released in theaters. Um, one of the best introductions we've had so far. Um, Gwen, if people want to reach or see you anywhere, or are you in the Discord, do you want to release any of that information to the public? I will be joining the Discord soon. And um, you gotta you get can on see it. me in this episode. I will be on there as soon as possible now, Ali. Now that right. I've been officially invited by you, yes, you have to join the Discord. Um, and also, if you guys know anything about this trial, if you know any of these people, if you have any crazy stalking stories, hopefully you don't. If you've catfished, been catfished, anything like that, please email or call in. We would love to know about it. Anyways. Thank you, Gwen, for coming on and keep listening, even though Melissa isn't here, to Web Crawlers. An Erio's original. Powered by ACAST. Pretty Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.